What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Monday, November 14th. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Josie Duffy Rice, and this is What A Day, saluting the jet black cloud of defeat hanging over Tiffany Trump's wedding this past weekend. Yeah, we don't want to sound too spiteful towards Tiff, but let's just say we don't feel bad that her family suffered a major political loss on her special day. I bet the food was still good. It wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) On today's show, Ukrainian officials are taking stock after recapturing a key city from Russian forces. Plus, this year's midterms ushered in a rainbow wave. But first, let's dive into an election update. The big news over the weekend, we did it, Joe! Oh, man. The Democrats have officially retained control of the U.S. Senate. On Saturday, Nevada Senator Catherine Cortez Masto was named the winner over her Trump-aligned Republican challenger, Adam Laxalt. With that win, as well as hard-fought wins in Arizona and New Hampshire, and the flipping of a seat in Pennsylvania, Dems have 50 seats in the Senate, to the Republicans 49. Even though there is one seat still up for grabs in Georgia, because Vice President Kamala Harris is the Senate's tie-breaking vote, no matter what happens with that seat, the Democrats still have the majority power. Now, before I talk about that last seat, I want to note that the race between Cortez Masto and Laxalt was entirely too close for my liking. At the time of our recording, she's won by just about 6,500 votes. So while a win is still a win, it almost wasn't one. Yeah. Yeah, this is certainly not a red wave, but there are still a lot of people voting Republican, and we should not forget that. So you mentioned that last seat in the Senate that still needs to be filled in my great state of Georgia. (laughs) This means I am still getting all the text messages that the rest of you have stopped getting. How does this win in Nevada impact that race? Yeah, so that race, as you mentioned, is in Georgia. It's between Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Not enough voters rejected the foolishness that is Herschel Walker's candidacy on Election Day, and so the two are now heading into a runoff next month on December 6th. Now, the beauty of this stage of the election cycle is that control of the Senate does not rest in the results of that vote. So it eases some of the pressure that many were foisting on this race that shouldn't be a race at all. And instead, the Dems are now working for some added cushion to support their voting control. This cushion, though, is important because we know that, to borrow a phrase from our people, Josie, all dim folk ain't been kinfolk. Mm. By which I mean, since Biden's election, there have been some Democratic senators who have blocked key legislation. Yes, I'm looking at you, Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. They're both centrist Democrats who have been barriers to getting more progressive policies passed. And so the prevailing sentiment about the Georgia race now is that just because the Dems have control of the Senate does not mean that they should take the lax position regarding the race between Warnock and the poor excuse for a candidate better known as Herschel Walker. Yeah, absolutely. It's not time for the Democrats to get complacent if they actually want to 
pass some policies. You mentioned that having control of the Senate, at least in theory, means that Democrats will be able to pass progressive policies. What are the other perks of them having the majority? Yeah, well, as you know, having control of the Senate will also ensure the Democrats can usher through various judicial appointees. Mm -hmm. We've seen how the courts have been wielded by the GOP to challenge most recently everything from affirmative action to the student debt forgiveness plan. And so having more progressive judges can only be a good thing to offset all of the conservatives that Trump appointed who are now causing so much hell for us. Yeah, What about the House race? What do we know about what control is going to look like in that chamber? I'm hearing like Democrats may win by a seat. Republicans may win by a couple seats. What's actually going on? Yeah. So as of our recording, the tally for control of the House is 212 Republicans, 204 Democrats. So the Republicans are leading in the race to reach the 218 seats they need to reach a majority. There are still 19 seats that remain undecided. We could start seeing final results in some of these races as early as today, but it could be another couple days before everything is settled. We do at least know, as you mentioned earlier, that the supposed red wave of Republicans that were supposed to be elected did not and is not happening. And that even if Republicans do get control of the House, it would only be a fairly slim majority. Thank you, Travel, for that update. We have some more election updates, uh, specifically what's happening in the governor's race in Arizona. So as of 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Democratic candidate Katie Hobbs is in the lead over Republican candidate Carrie Lake. Hobbs leads by about 26,000 votes, with about 93% of votes counted. So Carrie Lake, as you may know, is a noted election denier. So as you can imagine, she's taking the fact that she's behind, as well as the fact that It's taking a while to count the votes. Very, very well. (laughs) I can only imagine. Mm -hmm. So, Josie, first, can you tell us why it's taking so long to count votes in Arizona? Yeah, there are a few reasons. But first, let me say this isn't unusual in Arizona. So as Bill Gates, not that Bill Gates, but the Republican chair of the governing board in Maricopa County, Bill Gates, put it, quote, for folks who have followed Arizona politics for many years, this is very, very common. So most of the votes that are left to count are there in Maricopa County, right? And that's home to Phoenix. It's also where the bulk of votes in Arizona come from, period. And it's also the fourth largest county in the country. So that's a lot of votes, right? And according to Mm -hmm. Gates, quote, over the past couple of decades, on average, it takes 10 to 12 days to complete the count. That's not because of anything Maricopa County has decided to do. That's because of how Arizona law is set up. Of course, though, Republicans are not treating this weight as business as usual. Of course they're not. I'm sure they're trying to stoke as much confusion as possible. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. And part of the reason it's taking so long is just the law in Arizona, which demands things be done in a certain way. But another reason it takes longer than other states is because of early voting, which is really, really popular in Arizona. So In Arizona, about 80% of voters asked for early ballots. Those ballots could be mailed, put in drop boxes, or given to officials at the polls on election day. And typically, the county sees about 180,000 of those ballots actually given to workers on election day. But this year, that number increased by 70%. So almost 300,000 ballots were dropped off on the actual day of the election. Those ballots take way more time to count than those cast in person. Election workers have to match signatures first, and they have to send those ballots over to other bipartisan teams. Those teams remove them from their envelopes, and then they send them to be counted. So it takes a while. Right. So this is normal. 
But could you talk about like why so many people turned their ballots in on election day instead of, you know, mailing them or using the drop boxes? Yeah. So the reason is actually because of Republicans, honestly, you know, vigilante armed right wingers were threatening to, quote, monitor the drop boxes, which may have discouraged some people from dropping their ballots off there. Right. It would have discouraged me. I can tell you that Trump and others have talked about mail in voting being prone to fraud. They've encouraged voters to vote in person or turn their ballot in on Election Day. So it really just seems like a lot of people listen to that. They internalize that. And that is dragging out the time it takes to count all the ballots. Gotcha. So what has the reaction been from Carrie Lake, who, as you mentioned, is a very vocal election denier? Yeah, as you may have guessed, Carrie Lake has been generating a ton of doubt and conspiracy around the election. And remember, she's a former news anchor who covered things like state elections. So she knows this isn't unusual. She knows how this goes. But she has to sow doubt just in case she loses, right? So Lake said on Fox News yesterday... We need to get in there and restore faith in our elections. We can't be the laughingstock of elections anymore here in Arizona. And when I'm governor, I will not allow it. I just won't. But of course, Lake has to tread pretty lightly in what she says right now for a few reasons. First of all, she still may win. It's looking less and less likely, but it's certainly possible. So she doesn't want to say yet that the election is fraudulent. Because if she wins, that's going to be a hard thing to explain. Mm -hmm. And also, it's a hard claim to make this claim of fraud when the head of elections in Maricopa County, the man I mentioned before, Bill Gates, is a Republican. He himself called Carrie Lake's assertion that officials are supposedly, quote, slow rolling the vote count offensive. And here's what he told CNN over the weekend. It's really sad to hear that we have the Republican nominee for governor here in Arizona who's talking like that. And I understand that Carrie Lake wants us to move quickly, and a lot of people do. But you know what's more important is that this is done accurately. Yeah, you know, and if Lake loses, which is looking quite possible at this point, she'll be yet another election denier to lose in the midterms. That includes the Republican candidate for Secretary of State in Arizona and the Republican candidate for Senate, both of whom were defeated by Democrats. But if she wins, it really is bad news for the 2024 election since Arizona is a swing state and Trump is more likely than not to announce a third bid for the White House soon. You know, Carrie Lake has said that she would not have certified the election for Joe Biden in 2020. And given that she is only nominally in touch with reality, I can only imagine what it would look like in 2024, right? So we'll have more on this and other results from the midterm elections as we get them. But that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. Wooda Day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants. 
and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WAD. Now let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. An Iranian protester was sentenced to death on Sunday for allegedly setting fire to a government building during a demonstration over the killing of Masa Amini. This marks the first known time the Iranian government has used capital punishment to crack down on protesters who first took to the streets in September. Authorities have also indicted over 1,000 people in Tehran for joining the widespread anti-government protests. This all comes after a human rights group said on Saturday that Iranian security forces have killed at least 320 demonstrators since Amini's death. 43 of those victims were children. President Biden will meet with Chinese President Xi Jinping in Bali today. The high-stakes sit-down has been months in the making, as both leaders are currently attending the G20 summit in Indonesia. Biden and Xi have spoken many times, but this will be their first face-to-face since Biden became president. And it comes at a crucial time for U.S.-China relations, which are widely seen as being at their iciest in years. No major breakthroughs are expected to come out of this meeting, but experts are hopeful that having an open dialogue will help ease tensions over trade, Taiwan, and other issues. After nearly nine months of Russian occupation, Ukrainian forces regained control of the city of Kherson on Friday. Residents celebrated over the weekend, but they now face severe food and water shortages. Work is now underway to repair critical infrastructure and to clear out landmines and other explosives left behind by retreating Russian troops. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said that almost 2,000 explosives have been removed so far. Meanwhile, Russian military officials said the retreat from Kherson was a tactical move, though Russian President Vladimir Putin has yet to say anything public about the withdrawal. A red wave didn't materialize this election cycle, but a rainbow wave certainly did, after a record-breaking 436 LGBTQ plus candidates won their races nationwide. According to the LGBTQ Victory Fund, a PAC dedicated to helping queer and trans people run for office in the U.S., this is the first time in history that openly queer candidates were on the ballot in all 50 states. 
Among the winners, James Rosener of New Hampshire. He became the first trans man to be elected to a U.S. state legislature. And all of this comes just in time for Transgender Awareness Week, an annual celebration dedicated to uplifting the voices and experiences of our trans siblings. It kicked off yesterday and will conclude on the 20th with the International Transgender Day of Remembrance, a memorial for the people we've lost to transphobic violence. Dua Lipa has another new rule. Don't perform in countries with egregiously bad human rights records. She shut down rumors over the weekend that she will sing at next Sunday's opening ceremony for the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, an event that's been dogged by controversy and pushback since it was first announced. Also not attending the games is Dua Lipa's comrade in Bleach Blonde Highlights, Rod Stewart. He revealed over the weekend he was offered over $1 million to perform, but turned it down. The opening ceremonies won't play out in complete silence, though, since one singer has been announced. K-pop superstar Jungkook of BTS. And here's the latest on FTX, the cryptocurrency exchange platform that is leading us all to ask if traditional banks were ever really so bad. Following FTX's declaration of bankruptcy last week, authorities in the Bahamas, where the company is headquartered, said they would launch a criminal investigation into its rapid collapse. According to Reuters, at least $1 billion of customer funds disappeared from the balance sheet amid secret financial transfers by the company's founder. And in other evidence that FDX was the dumbest place to store money that a bunch of smart people could think of, on Saturday, nearly $500 million were allegedly stolen from it in a possible hack. You know, Josie, I used to laugh at people who would, you know, put their money under their mattress. Those individuals might have been onto something here. Yeah, that would actually have been a way better way to invest your money, it turns out. This is so sad. So many people missing out on their money, Mm -hmm. but... You know, that's that cryptocurrency life, I suppose. Yeah, this is a reason regulation matters. I mean, I'm no finance expert, but I didn't lose a billion dollars this week either. So sometimes the finance experts aren't really finance experts. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, make new rules, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just shredded FTX financial documents like me, What A Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. I'm Travel Anderson. And, and keep, keep riding, riding the, the rainbow, rainbow wave. wave. Oh, yes. The gay agenda wins again. Uh-oh. Don't tell Carrie Lake. <laughs> what A Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kachaka. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made In Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made In. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made In Cookware. 
I'm Jessica Reeves, and I've been analyzing and reporting on extremism for the last 10 years, and I have the gray hair to prove it. Subscribe to our podcast, Extremely, for an always eye-opening look inside the daily work of exposing, fighting, and disrupting all facets of extremism. My co-host, Oren Siegel, and I explore this ever-changing landscape and bring you stories of people and places impacted by extremism, those who fight to protect our communities, and those who offer new perspectives. You can find Extremely wherever you listen to podcasts.